to, if you are a visitor and you haven't been uh, in this current series that I'm doing, uh, we are doing a series throughout all of Lent on Lazarus. So we're in our third week, and we have been taking a deep look into the story of Lazarus. He stayed, uh, he stayed back, and when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more, two more days, saying that this will not end in death. Mary and Martha, the, the sisters of Lazarus, were, were nervous about their brother who was very sick. They had faith and expectation that Jesus would heal their brother. What we see through that, through this, is not that Jesus was testing them. But what he keeps asking them is, do you believe? And do you have trust in me? All the disciples, Mary and Martha, they are all left having to wait for Jesus. Our passage today comes from John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. So, I wrote a sermon earlier this week about being too busy. And that is an interesting topic to choose at this time, isn't it? But lately, busy seems to be this badge of honor that we wear. As a New Jersey guy, and hello to my New Jersey people out there, um, I moved 12 years ago into a slower-paced area called Pittsburgh. It is much slower than New Jersey. However, in the last 12 years, the pace of life has steadily picked up here in Pittsburgh, and it's kind of like how I remembered it back in New Jersey. Uh, that's something that I've noticed. We like to be busy, don't we? We like it. And when people often ask you how you're doing, we like to respond often with, really busy. I've got a lot of things going on right now. I'm just so busy. Even when I ask people who are retired, family members who are retired, do you know what their response is? Well, you know, since I've retired, I'm even busier now. Isn't that true, Jenny? Yes. Yes. See, I gave her that. So, always, always 
It's a motor that keeps pounding, and it's always accelerating. Now, if you took your, your, your engine in your car, and it just kept pounding and pounding and pounding, going full speed, eventually, well, first it would start out being pretty good, right? You can handle all those things and handle it, but eventually, parts would break down, and things would crumble. Our bodies, after a constant state of busyness, they start to fight back. So our brains will be okay, but our bodies will go long before that. Being busy means that we don't like to wait. Often, if I go to the checkout line in Walmart, now by the way, I wrote this on Tuesday, it's crazy right now, I get it. But if I go to the checkout line in Walmart, I'm one of those people that I can't wait for someone else to check it slowly. I love being around people and things like that, but I, I think that I can do it faster. So I go to the self-checkout. Even if I have a lot of stuff and I check it out really fast. Um, do you remember the times when we used to have answering machines? That, that you, if you had to get in touch with somebody, you had to call them, you had to leave a message, and then you would hope that at the end of the day, they would go and they would listen to their messages, and you would wait for a response the next day. But sometimes you wouldn't get it the next day, uh, so you waited two days, or maybe three days, and eventually you got a response. Isn't it crazy how so much has changed? We do not have the patience to wait for the whole day to go to hear a response and maybe two, three days, we do not like that. Remember the times when we had dial-up internet, okay? And if you're younger, you have no idea what that is, but you used to have to dial and go and then you have to wait for the, the and then it read your password and it goes Eventually, it would read your password. Now, if you got your password wrong, you had to start the whole thing over again. And you know what? We didn't have a problem with that. But now, we do. I'll tell you that. When I wrote this sermon, I did not know that we would be thrown into a sack. What we are experiencing right now. We are going to be going for a couple of weeks on a Sabbath. You know, a lot of people uh, give up something for Lent um, so that they can be closer to God. And a lot of times we can't do that because we have so many things going on in our lives. But now, we don't. Who would have ever thought that we would be giving up all social You know what? It's a great time for us to rest our bodies, rest our minds. Dude, how are you going to use this time? Uh, what are your priorities? Because the things that you are always using as your priorities, they're not there. For at least two weeks, they're not there. It's now time that we actually look at our real priorities. 
you know, while we were doing all of this busy stuff, we were just justifying our identity or our lack of self-identity with who we are. And that's not there anymore. So we have to dig a little bit deeper. Was busy clouding our ability to really know who we are? And so in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get this awesome opportunity to really search for who you are. What happens with us? Waiting is not something we like. And then we get surprised when, when we have a hard time hearing God. We are out of practice. And now we get the opportunity to practice. You see, with our story in Lazarus, when the disciples and Jesus get to Bethany, they hear that he has been dead for four days. In their culture, this means that it was past the time of being in a coma. He is dead. It's hot, and his body is starting to decompose. And the people were outside, and they were mourning the death of Lazarus, which in their culture they did for several days. Martha's home is, is full of guests. When she hears that Jesus is here, she gets up and goes to Jesus. Mary stayed home. So Martha went, Mary stayed home. Interesting how we grieve in different ways. Martha runs to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So frustrating. But I know that God will give you whatever you ask. My friend, uh, Keith Franklin, a pastor uh, who did a series like this, um, he, I see, if you're tuning in, uh, he pointed out two things in Mary and Martha that we see. They had persistent faith and disappointed expectations. Martha had those. Persistent faith and disappointed expectations. We have all been stuck in persistent faith and disappointing expectations. Maybe, and quite possibly, you are stuck in that right now. You have persistent faith that everything is going to be all right and God is with us. But things aren't working out how we would like them to work out. We believe that Jesus can do amazing things, yet we are disappointed when he doesn't do it how we want him to do it. What we learn here is that just because Martha is, is disappointed with Jesus, it doesn't change who he is. Just because you and I may be disappointed in Jesus, his power is absolutely unchanged. What happens next is, is Jesus says to, to Martha, your brother will rise again. And she takes this similar to a statement like uh, if, if someone passed away and, and, and someone says to you, uh, you will see him in, in heaven again. So she takes that whole, your brother will rise again, similar to that. Don't worry, you will see them in heaven again. Martha says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he will rise again on the last day. Uh, most Jews believed in the resurrection that was to come. But Jesus was not talking 
about the last day. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we see a switch here from religion to a relationship. You see, in religion, you believe. If you believe, you, you will go to heaven and, and one day, or if you go to church and you do all the right things, you check all those right boxes and you, you do nice things, then you go to heaven. But a relationship, that's different. This is the switch to a relationship with Jesus. Relationship is with one person, and that's in Jesus. Jesus says, the one who believes in me, though they die, will live. Jesus makes it simple. You believe and trust in me, you live. The question for us is simple. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust in him? Our faith is not a religion where you check all those boxes. It's a relationship. Do you believe that Jesus can raise you from the dead? If you do, you will also be raised. But until that day, we just wait. And oh, we are not very good at that, are we? You know, uh, when I took all my ordination exams to be, uh, to be a pastor in the Presbyterian Church, you have to take five ordination exams. And uh, I was very nervous about these, and, and I took them. But you can only take these every six months at the time. So if you took it and, and you didn't pass it, you had to wait six months to take it again. And you have to pass all five. Uh, and how they graded them was you had to do the test, then it had to be sent out to a grader, two graders who graded it, and it took six weeks to get the results back. That's a long time figure out where you are going as a pastor. Because you have to wait for that information that you pass it before you can start applying to, to churches to be a pastor. So you have to wait. Now, I did not pass one of them the first time. So I had to wait six weeks to find out. And then after that, I had to wait six months. So that is a lot of waiting. However, I didn't pass it the second time, or the third time. It took me two years to get through my ordination exam to be a pastor, and I sat and waited. And while I was waiting, man, was I so frustrated. I prayed a lot of those tests, and, and, and I prayed for Jesus to intervene during those times. I had left teaching, I was a fifth grade teacher, and, and I had left that position, and, and I was going to do ministry, and here I wasn't able to get ordained in the church. I was doing God's will, I thought, uh, but he would not help me pass that last test. And the other one, but I don't, but Jesus was doing something amazing and incredible in that time. Jesus was teaching me patience. He was teaching me that he does 
but I expect a lot of amazing, amazing things to be done in this time of waiting. We're already seeing it. People connected to our church body. People connected in different ways. People showing love, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is amazing what Jesus is doing in the midst of the waiting. Wherever you are in your life right now, remember sometimes we have to wait for Jesus' glory to be revealed. We may not understand it right now, and I sure as heck don't. But as my friend Steve put it, I'd like to quote him again. It's not about what Jesus will do for us. The question is, do we believe in him? Jesus promises that he will be here for us, and he is. We ask that you put your hope in him. God will be revealed, but sometimes we just need 